The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Let assembly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalms 42 and 43, beginning on page 392. Mama, Mama, like as the heart desireth the water books, so longeth my soul after thee, O God. My soul is a thirst for God, yea, even for the living God. When shall I come to appear before his presence of God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they daily say unto me, Where is now thy God? Now when I think upon thereupon, I pour out my heart for, by myself. For I went with the multitude and brought them forth into the house of God. In the voice of praise and thanksgiving, among such as keep holy day. Why art thou so full of heaviness, O my soul, and why art thou so disquieted within me? O put thy trust in God, for I will yet thank him which is the help of my countenance and my God. My soul is vexed within me, therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan, from Hermon and the little hill. One deep calleth another because of the noise of thy water floods. All thy waves and storms are gone over me. The Lord will grant his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night season will I sing of him and make my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto the God of my strength, Why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I thus heavily, while the enemy oppresseth me? My bones are smitten asunder as with a sword, while mine enemies that trouble me cast me in the teeth. Namely, while they say daily unto me, Where is now thy God? 
Why art thou so vexed, O my soul, and why art thou so disquieted within me? O put thy trust in God, for I will yet thank him, which is the help of my countenance and my God. Give sentence with me, O God, and define my cause against the ungodly people. O deliver me from the deceitful and wicked man. For thou art the God of my strength. Why hast thou put me from thee? And why go I so heavily while the enemy oppresseth me? O send out thy light and thy truth, that they may lead me, and bring me unto the holy hill and to thy dwelling. And that I may go unto the altar of God, even unto the God of my joy and gladness. And upon the harp will I give thanks unto thee, O God, my God. Why art thou so heavy, O my soul, and why art thou so disquieted within me? O put thy trust in God, for I will yet give him thanks, which is the help of my countenance and my God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the twelfth verse of the second chapter of the book of the prophet Daniel. Because of this, the king was angry and very furious, and commanded that all the wise men of Babylon be destroyed. So the decree went out, and the wise men were about to be killed, and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Then Daniel replied with prudence and discretion to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He declared to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is the decree of the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the matter known to Daniel. And Daniel went in and requested the king to appoint him a time that he might show the interpretation to the king. Then Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, and told them to seek mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God for ever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we ask of you, for you have made known to us the king's matter. Therefore Daniel went in to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus to him, Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king, and I will show the king the interpretation. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him, 
throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the seventeenth verse of the twentieth chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. Now from Miletus he sent to Ephesus, and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, You know yourselves how long I lived with among you the whole time, from the first day I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God, and now, behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease, night or day, to admonish every one with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all, and there was much weeping on the part of all. Yet they embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, 
which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O God, who hast prepared for those who love thee such good things as past man's understanding, pour into our hearts such love toward thee, that we, loving thee above all things, may obtain thy promises which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening, all. Well, thoughts about our lessons for tonight concerning um, the connection between Daniel chapter 2 and Acts chapter 20. On the surface, the you know, it doesn't seem to be an, an obvious connection between the, the, those two lessons, but um, as per usual, the Psalms really come in to save us here. And Psalm 42 and 43 are often read together liturgically, and, I, and it's likely they were at one point, maybe even one Psalm that was then later broken into two, um, two sequential Psalms in the, in the, in the Psalter. Um, but uh, the theme of which, of course, is a meditation on the faithfulness of God through which um, the psalmist continually has this inner dialogue within his own heart, kind of prayerful soliloquy, as it were. They, the psalmist, you know, reflects, you know, asks his heart, why are you so vexed, O my soul, or my inmost being? Why are you so vexed? Oh, put your trust in God, for he is the help of my countenance and my God. And there's this recurring refrain throughout the refrain through these two psalms that is a consistent calling back. And this is uh, you know, a great articulation of what 
in Christian theology of prayer we call recollection, which is in the midst of the circumstances of life, we return to that in innermost space, um, which some have called you know, going into the silent land, going into that innermost space where we can observe the thoughts of our heart. And we can also observe that God is there with us and he is the steadying presence with whom we can you know, observe and not be um, sort of astonished or dragged away or dragged around by the thoughts of the heart. Um, and that's a significant, you know, um, in sort of significantly connected to what we were talking about in mass yesterday when Deacon Andrew um, pointed out the value of the law, which Jesus makes very clear in his Sermon on the Mount, is connected to the, um, the desires of the heart, ultimately. And it is not until we have some sort of revelation of God to the heart, either through a sense of wonder at the natural world God has created, at the law that God has revealed, or in the presence of the Holy Spirit, which is given to us in baptism. The presence of God in the heart immediately creates a space in the heart where there is not a flurry of conflicting desires, conflicting aims, conflicting intentions. And it is because of that presence that we are able to retreat to that presence, if we will. And when we do, we find that those conflicting and, and sort of flurrying thoughts of the heart um, cannot drag us away from that place unless we assent to them. And this, of course, is something we have to slowly grow into. But what happens when that flowers into a fruitfulness is we see it in the habit of Daniel, for example. Now, it's important when we're reading the book of Daniel that we understand that Daniel, you know, in the book of Daniel, we, we get these sort of like four or five major episodes in the, in the life of Daniel. Um, but as a mentor of mine once pointed out, um, you know, Daniel's in Babylon for like 70 years. Um, and there's not an obvious reason why, why we should think that more than these, perhaps these five significant spectacular events in his, um, in his life there in Babylon, you know, were, were all there was. Um, and so what does that mean for our, our understanding of the backdrop of Daniel's life leading up to and in between these spectacular moments of deliverance that God works? It is the fact that we know that Daniel and his companions faithfully turn toward Jerusalem three times a day, morning, midday, and evening, and they offer their prayers um, at the same time that the sacrifices would be offered in the temple. And they do this day in and day out, and then they go about their day jobs, and they go about their day-to-day -day lives as captives in Babylon, doing the best they can and being the best Chaldeans they can. That's significant because it points us to this habit and practice of prayer, this habit and practice of turning towards the seat of God on earth, and, and, turning, and turning to that space and being steadied by it even when you're far away and in captivity. It is a way that they put into practice that exhortation of the psalm, you know, put your trust in God, for he is the help of my countenance and my God. It is a turning and, re and a returning back to that. And what does that allow Daniel to do when this de horrible decree goes out that's going to wipe out the entire class of Chaldeans? Daniel does not react to this in a panicky way. What does he do? He goes and says and entrusts that the Lord will provide deliverance in his time. As he, that he will be faithful to Daniel and his friends. And so he goes and makes an appointment with the king even before he's been given the vision that, of what the, the interpretation of the dream means. Then he goes to his friends and says, please pray and intercede for me because we are going to have to go before the king and we have to have an answer um, or this is going to be our end. But in either case, 
their response to this is to turn in prayer and community in their little remnant in Babylon together. That is where they turn when this awful danger has beset them. And similarly, we see with Paul, as he is informing the Ephesian elders, that he's going to Jerusalem and he has he doesn't know what's going to happen there, but he's pretty confident it's going to involve some very great trials, persecutions, and hardships um, because the Holy Spirit has continually warned, uh, like sort of testified through the churches in the surrounding region that that's what's going to happen. And he says, well, you know, if this is to be, you know, my end, I want to, you know, I want to, you know, speak the truth as I have always spoken the truth to you. And he, in his sort of final speech to the Ephesians, echoes Samuel's speech, as we'll see it at the end of the book of, um, as, as we see it at the end of the book of, um, of Samuel, we'll see Samuel giving this exhortation before the, the anointing of the first king, um, that he has not defrauded anybody. He has not, you know, used his position at, and, or prophetic presence among them to steal from them or to take advantage of them, that he is, his conscience is clear before God. And so what Paul is doing in imitating that is he is entrusting himself with a clean conscience to God under, and, and understanding that either he will be allowed to go on missionizing the world and proclaiming the gospel, or he will, like his Lord Jesus, go up to Jerusalem and suffer all the things that the faithful ones of God have been made to suffer in Jerusalem since the beginning. And so Paul entrusting himself to this is another demonstration of he knows the spirit is with him. He knows the spirit is guiding him to this great trial. And he knows that the spirit will guide him through that trial. And that is, again, that recollective prayer. And so for us, as we return in prayer this evening and as we do so tomorrow morning and evening and as we mark our time through this return in community to prayer, this little remnant is not all that different from the remnant of Daniel. And so whatever is going on, on in our lives, whatever awful decrees the king is making, whatever danger looms in the horizon, whatever shapeless anxiety is besetting us, we can always turn back in community, in prayer, and turn to that innermost self and say, why are you so vexed, O my soul? Well, put your trust in God, for he is the help of our countenance and our God. And we'll turn now to our intercession on page 590. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Give grace, O heavenly Father, to all bishops. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, 
and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for joining in tonight, and thanks to Barbara, my co-leader. Hope you all have a wonderful evening. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Have a good evening, everyone. Have a good night, everybody. All day. Yeah. Bye.